God's good, amen? Well, whoo, what a, what a month. Been talking about the presence of God, talking about, praise God, uh, uh, honoring God with our time and energies, with communion as far as our, our fellowship with God, amen? And we've been talking about the benefits of that, amen? In fact, let's put that reference up there. Uh, put, uh, uh, would be uh, Psalms 68, please. Thank you very much. It says, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. I mean, oh, there's perks in God. Yeah, that's one of the things you find out when you get a job. You want to find out, okay, what's the perks, if there's any? Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to have perks, amen. Hallelujah. Well, there's benefits, there's perks, amen. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. In other words, Selah, which means stop. Amen. Think about it. Amen. He's the God of our salvation. No matter what it is you're going through, what you're dealing with, He's the God of our salvation. He's the one with the answers. He's our source. Amen. Verse 20, let's go ahead and read that, and then we'll come back to that. Our God is the God of salvation, and the and to God the Lord belongs. Here we go. The escapes from death. Amen. Which literally that word death just means everything from uh, ruin, destruction, misery, mishap. Pretty, pretty broad word, uh, but it just brings out, praise God, that no matter what it is, what's going on, God is there to deliver you, praise the Lord. How many know that's one of your perks? Whew. I think it's a good one. I mean, no, you don't have to get snared by the enemy all the time. Anybody ever been snared by the enemy in one way or another? It's happened. Well, the Word says this, that when you spend time in the secret place, guess what? You're not as apt to get snared by the enemy. You get steered around that stuff. Amen. In fact, if you back up in verse 19 again, hallelujah, it says this, blessed be the Lord who, here we go, daily loads us with benefits. Amen. He loads us. He puts upon us. Okay, and it says, here we go, daily. Everybody say daily. Hallelujah. Well, how do you get, you know, the daily load? Well, it's everything we've been talking about. It's in that secret place. Amen. It's hanging out. It's in His presence. Praise God. As we've been finding out over the last month, spending our time with this, Trudy and myself have been working at this from every kind of angle we can think of. Come on now. Because you have a good God, a God that's with you, a God that's for you. Praise God. A God who will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. But guess what? We have a God that will never leave us nor forsake us. But we're a people sometimes that never take the time to connect with him. So it's never God that leaves. It might be you or me that might leave or you or me that might pull back. Amen. Now, I'm not here to try to bring out any kind of negative. Our heart with this whole series is I don't care where you're at in your walk right now. God is calling you to the secret place. Amen. Praise God. In fact, I don't know if I, I'll let Trudy deal that later. But uh, anyway, all kinds of things we talked about. We talked about uh, in the presence of God, there's rest. In other words, stress-free living is what it means. Amen. Hallelujah. The Word brings out that there's fullness of joy in there. There's, amen. The Word brings out pleasures forevermore is there. Times of, of refreshment, times of restoration. All that comes from the presence of God. We talked about hanging out in the garden, letting God breathe into us every day. That's that secret place. Amen. That God wants to breathe the breath of life into us every day. Amen. 
that, that breath or by the breath we have understanding, that by his breath we're alive, we have life, we have vibrancy, praise God, because God is wanting to breathe into us every day. Well, where does that happen? In the secret place, praise God. Amen. We've been finding, amen, that in that secret place we get delivered from the, the scheming and the plotting of men and of the plotting of the enemy. That's, that's where you get your deliverance, praise God. We found out last week, praise God, that hanging out there, amen, that we get not only safety and protection, amen, preservation, praise God, but we also, praise God, it's in that place that all things start working together for good. Praise God. We don't hang out there. They may not work out so good. That's why we have a lot of times we're, we're believers, amen, we might not have things happen the way they should happen. Because we don't spend the time where we need to. That's why if we draw near to him, amen, he draws near to you. Everything is trying to pull you to that place of communion and fellowship with God. Now, you know as well as I do, the place is really not some styrofoam house. I think we all get that, right? This is just, uh, you know, a type, amen, showing you that there is a place that you can go, amen, that in that place, amen, is where your answers are. It's in that place we even found out last week, praise God, is where the empowerment is. Even grace itself is, is a, comes upon you. Remember, grace is a divine influence, a God influence, come on, upon the heart and then reflected in your life. In other words, if you will spend time where he can divinely influence you, it will then reflect in your life that you can walk this thing out, be empowered to do the things you're called to do. Can I hear a big amen? We find out it's in that place, praise God, hallelujah, we find the deep things, those insights, those understanding, those creative ideas, all those things that puts the child of God as the head and not the tail, praise God, are found in that place. Whew. A lot in that place. So let's go back to that verse in Psalms 19, hallelujah, or Psalm 68, verse 19, pardon me. Hallelujah. Bless be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Look at your neighbor and say, you got benefits coming to you. Hallelujah. There's nothing more irritating when you find out later after the fact, oh, I had benefits. And nobody told me about it. Huh? That thing, that whole need could have been met through that benefit, but I didn't know about it. And so I went on in lack or went on with struggles or went on with issues, went on with, with ailments or whatever it was, and not even knowing I had a benefit, praise God, that I could have cashed in on. Whew. Benefits. The Word says, amen, don't be ignorant of, of what the enemy's doing, amen, but it says this, don't forget your benefits. Don't forget your benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Can I hear a big amen? Give the Lord praise, everybody. Trudy, come on up. I'm going to let you carry this. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Benefits. Hallelujah. The word is even kind of fun to say, isn't it? Benefit. Benefit. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're thankful, Father, for your benefits. 
We're thankful, Father, that one of the benefits of this nation is that we can assemble and gather here together today in the word of God. We are thankful and grateful for that. We give you praise and thanksgiving, Father, that we're joined together, united together in purpose and in plan for the work of the Lord to be done in us and through us. And we give you praise and thanksgiving, Father, that no enemy force has a right to interfere or intervene in what you are doing, Father. You've given us ears to hear what you are saying, that today we are transformed and changed by your power and by your spirit. And for that, we give you praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. So <clears throat> Pastor Jerry's telling us that in this place, you remember all these things? We called it Eden, the place of answered prayer. We called it the place of love where we walked in God. We called it the place of his presence, the place of the spirit. We called it even the kingdom of God. And we called it the secret place. Remember all that? That was this place. And we talked about how when you come into this place, you become a receiver for all the good that all of these things have to offer. You receive the good. So what happens is in this place in God, there's a filling and you get filled up and you get filled up and you get filled up. In his presence is where there's a filling for the daily benefits. All the daily things God wants to do is found in this place. All right? It's not a penalty box. I need to say that. It's a place of opportunity. Hallelujah. We're going to try and keep it from falling over today. Amen. Hallelujah. A place of opportunity. And what happens is when you're in this place, in this place of the spirit, you begin to take in the things of God. You take in the things of God. You take in the things of God. The things of God come on you. They, they come into you. They come into your being. In your spirit, you can sense your spirit, man, is getting filled up and it's getting nutrition. It's getting fuel to live. It's a wonderful place to be. But the situation is when you're in this place and getting filled up, you get filled up for a purpose. You get filled up for a purpose. The purpose is not just to make me feel good. That's the beginning. That's the beginning place that it changes what's going on on the inside of you. But there comes an infilling and infilling and somehow there's got to be an exhaling. There's got to be an outgoing. There's got to be an output. Okay. Um, because Inhaling is necessary and important in our life, but so is exhaling. You want proof? You want proof? Everybody, inhale and exhale when I tell you. Inhale. 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 What happened? You lost your ability to inhale. Why? Because you never exhaled. Okay. So we need to understand that we're in the presence of God. We're taking in, we're taking in, we're taking in, but there has to be a place to let out what we've taken in or sometime we will not be able to take in anymore. Do you understand what I'm saying to you today? That there has to be a place of exhale. Now we talked about how the devil causes things to drain out of us. 
But that's not as fun as when we get to intentionally exhale. When somebody knocks the wind out of you, it's not as pleasant as when you on purpose exhaled, right? Because one is a serious blow and the other one is an intentional, right? So we have to understand that there is a part of our life that we take in the things of God, but then there has to be a place where we share those things of God with others around us. Now, remember, this was the place God had for you in the spirit, but recognize this, that everyone else in the body of Christ also has a place in the spirit. I have, this is my secret place. But then what happens with my secret place my secret place then connects to someone else's secret place. And there is full connection all the way through in everybody's secret places. That all of these secret places in the spirit connect to become the body of Christ. Amen? So today we're going to talk about the body of Christ. So with that being said, I want to go first to Hebrews chapter 10. Hallelujah. And I just pray we all have ears to hear, including me, right? You really want me to because I have a whole page load of scriptures and you want me to hear which ones to share or we'll be here till three o'clock. So you really want me to have ears to hear. Amen. It says this, let us consider one another in verse 24 of Hebrews 10 in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. How many have ever heard this scripture before? We've all heard this scripture. You've been in church very long. But what this is talking about, let us consider one another. So when I'm in my secret place taking something in, I have to consider the other people that also have secret places. I have to consider them and it will stir up something in me. It'll stir up good works. It'll stir up compassion. But it goes on to say, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some. Just a moment, I have some more props. Hallelujah. So what I have here is a puzzle. How many of you like to do puzzles? Yeah. Hallelujah. Some do. Hallelujah. Some don't. This is a puzzle. And this puzzle is made up of individual pieces, right? It has lots of individual pieces. Is the piece the puzzle? No, it's not the puzzle, okay? It's not the puzzle. But it says we as the people of God are individuals. We are pieces. In fact, go over to 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. You're an individual member 
of a big body. Go to the, the next passage there in uh, the other one in 1 Corinthians. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So each of these pieces is a portion of the body of Christ. Now, when this puzzle is in this box, it doesn't have anything really going for it. It's a bunch of pieces, okay? And we know the intention of what it's supposed to look like, but unless you're Pastor Jerry and want to study it for a half hour, I don't know exactly where this piece fits in this picture unless I study it, right? So when God gets people born again and saved, he gets this. And so what this scripture in Hebrews chapter 25, Hebrews 10, 25 said, there has to be an assembling of all these pieces. All these pieces need to be assembled. And when they're fully assembled, it'll look like this. But this does not look like this. Is this correct? This in this box is what I would call a gathering of pieces. I don't even know if all the pieces are here. I don't even know if there's a piece that belongs in a different puzzle is in here until I assemble it. Is that not correct? I don't know this. And so what this says in verse 25, there has to be an assembling of the body of Christ before the effect of the body of Christ is obvious. There has to be an assembling before it becomes obvious of what it is. Okay? So we don't know what this would look like if we didn't have this picture unless we assembled it. Hallelujah. So then when we assemble it, we start to get ideas of what it looks like. But there's holes, there's pieces missing. There's parts of it that still aren't assembled. But I'm getting a clearer picture as assembly is taking place. Now, it says that there's the manner of some to not assemble. And that manner means their custom, their way of behaving to not assemble. But yet we are the body of Christ called to assemble. But he says in the body of Christ, there's the manner and custom for some people is to not assemble. You can go to church and be a gathering. You can go to church and be a gathering. You can be saved and be a gathering. But it's are you going to be the one that God can actually assemble and plug you where you need to be? All right? Hallelujah. But we are the body of Christ. In fact, let's go over to Ephesians 4. Maybe you think this is a script, this is a, uh, a message about going to church. It's not about going to church. It's about assembling. 
In order to assemble, you have to start with going to church. We're going to get into that. But it's about assembling. Assembling in the body of Christ. So Ephesians 4, verse 11, and we're reading this out of the NLT. These are the gifts of Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. So the gifts that Christ gave to the church, the responsibility of them is to build up the church to do work. To build up the church to do work. Keep going. Next verse. This unity, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown away about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lives so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for a minute. One of the reasons that God calls for an assembling, okay, is because I could take this piece right here, and this piece out here has no borders, it has no limits, it has, but it has no purpose. If you didn't see this and you just got this, what would you think? It's a piece of puzzle. What is it? What is it? We have no idea. See, it's the assembling. When I put it in here, I got to figure out where it goes. When I put it in here, then it becomes more obvious what it is. See, assembling gives you purpose. Why do people not like to assemble? Because I don't want anybody telling me what I have to do. I don't want to have to connect with people because people hurt me. I don't want to be around other people. You know what? I had a revelation one day. You know, I can get grumpy all by myself. I don't even need you to make me grumpy. <laughs> Driving along in the car, getting grumpy. Okay? Nobody made me grumpy. I just got grumpy. Okay? So I'm thinking I might as well fall into place that the Lord wants me to be because the purpose of my life is complete by how I assemble. And I become a picture or a piece of God's greater plan if I'll assemble. I can gather as a piece and no one has to know me when I'm just a piece. No one has to be involved in my life when I'm just a piece. But the truth is, until I assemble, no one really sees my value. I am so valuable that this is incomplete if I'm not there. 
I, um, at my house, people that better my house know, I put puzzles together often, okay? I've passed it on to my son. Praise God, there's one like me in the family. And, but what I always do is I always glue them and I hang them up as wall decor. At Christmas time, I don't remember. Somebody else can remember how many we have. That's my Christmas, huh? 29 puzzles, okay, and counting. And I hang those up. I enjoy that, okay? But I want to tell you something. If a piece is missing, it's not worthy of being glued and kept. One piece. One piece missing. It's not worthy of being glued and kept. Why? Because it's only in the full assembly that the vision and the purpose is fulfilled. And I have, Kelly, our notes are gone, so you're just going to have to hang with me because i got to get over here what God wants me to do. So what happens is, is the necess necessity of assembling for the body of Christ to do its plan. The Spirit of the Lord spoke this to me the other day, and I just want you to know this. He said the government fell apart because the church fell apart. The church quit assembling. The church quit assembling. And now I'm not on a political agenda, but we need to understand that the vision of the United States of America came out of God-fearing, Bible-believing people. The vision of the nation came from that. And so what it was was the church and the government had the same vision. They had the same vision. But what happened is the church quit assembling, so the government lost its vision. And now we have die vision. Two different visions, right? Okay, so let's go back to understanding how important and how relative this assembly of the body of Christ is. Um, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 3. Let's go to that one. These things I write to you, though I hope to come to you shortly. Paul is talking to Timothy, okay? He's talking to Timothy, who is a pastor. And he said, but if I'm delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. He is talking about local church conduct because he's talking about the house of God, the church of the living God. He is talking about local church. Now, I want you to understand that if we could see in the spirit, the body of Christ is a mass of puzzles. It's a mass of puzzles. Understand this. God always works from the full corporate and he moves it down to smaller pieces. He always does that. The children of Israel, there was millions of them, but he called them out by individual tribes. And then after the tribes, he went down to a smaller version to families, right? Okay, when we see the feeding of the 5,000, he broke them down in 50s and 100s by ranks. He always takes a large portion and breaks it down into smaller pieces to make it more effective because he knows 
No one person can pastor the entire body of Christ around the entire world. So he breaks it down into smaller pieces. He breaks it down into small segments. And here it's telling us he breaks it down into a thing called local churches. So what we have is the body of Christ is a mass of multiple puzzles. And each puzzle has to be assembled. Each puzzle has to be assembled to give the full picture of what the body of Christ is about. But yet each local church has a purpose in the big puzzle of God. And this is what happens then. So we have a local church and a local church starts out like this. If you've ever, how many of you have ever done a puzzle? What do you start with? The edge pieces. The thing we like the least in spiritual things. This is because what happens is this is the way we're going to do things at this local church. This is the way things have to be at this local church. I don't want to assemble. This is the way it's going to be. I'm just going to, you know, sometimes I hate some messages the Spirit of the Lord gives me. Okay. I'm past it now. Anyway, this is what happens. Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. He has to be the corner piece for every church. Okay? But Jesus is the word. Every church needs to have the boundaries and the borders of the word of God. They all have to have the word. Without the word being the borders and boundaries, they don't have a clean border. Okay? They don't have a clean purpose. They don't have a clean expression. So we could just even, I don't even know. You could take this and you could put this up here and say, now we've got Jesus as the border. Then he talks about the other gifts of the ministries, the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. And God begins to put a border together. In a local church, he puts a leadership together. He puts a leadership together that holds a standard of the purpose of that ministry. The pastor, hallelujah, usually gets this thing. And what this thing is, is a bigger picture. Not just on the box, but the pastor has a bigger picture of what this is supposed to look like in the end. He has what is called the vision of the ministry. Which one's upside down? Both of them? I don't, they both I don't were. <laughs> well, they were both wrong side down. He gets the vision of the ministry. And he knows this is what this church is supposed to look like. This is what this church is supposed to accomplish. This is what this church is supposed to do. And we read there about the work he's supposed to do is to complete this picture. So then what happens, the evangelist goes out and the evangelist goes out and brings somebody to the church. So then it's the pastor's job to figure out how do I assemble this person in the church? And he puts it in there, that place. Now, this person could say, I want to be at that church, but I don't want to connect with nobody. Okay? I don't want to connect with, I don't want to. But the problem is, without your connection... 
a void is caused. And the other thing, without a connection, you lose sight of who you are. Hallelujah. Yeah, praise the Lord. And we have to understand that there is a multiplication in assembling. There's a multiplication. The word even says that um, you can five can chase a hundred, but a hundred can chase ten thousand. All right, and um, we have to understand this that it is so important to assemble. It is so important to assemble, not just gather, be a part. Be a part. Well, I don't want to be a part because I got my family. I got all this. I'm going to tell you again. This is the breakdown of our nation. This was the breakdown of our nation. We didn't want to work together. We didn't want to be one. We didn't want to rally and have a look of power and authority. And the most important and most powerful force in the earth is the church of the living God assembled together. That is the greatest power in the earth. But yet, we think of other things. We think of other ways. Remember that message months ago when I said, you sometimes got to play in your head that game, would I rather? It isn't as fun sometimes. I understand. It's not as fun to be assembled because when you're assembled, you feel stuck. You feel like you're put someplace and there's no escape. I understand that. But what I understand is the eternal value of assembling will way outweigh the momentary time of this life of feeling that I'm connected when I don't want to. Eternal value. Eternal value. Nation-changing value. Family-changing value. You know why your kids don't connect? Because you never were connected enough that they could see it. They saw ways and reasons that they could escape assembling. So they didn't want to connect. There's also, I understand the demonic element, but go back. We just had a call a few weeks ago from somebody in their in their 70s and they're grieved over how all their children are acting. And you know what they said? It's because we never committed to the house of God. If we would have committed to the house of God, our kids would have known better when they're 30 and 40 years old. But no assembly causes problems later on. Hallelujah. The greatest thing, the greatest thing you can know and teach in your household is how to assemble. Now, you know, the thing of it is, if you're going to weigh it out that it restricts my freedom, You have to understand that if you give up your freedom, you will find your purpose. If you will yield your freedom for doing whatever I want to do, you will find your purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is now, these are just some prophetic things the Spirit of the Lord gave me this week. Um, Matthew 7, 21 to 23. And in that passage of scripture, Jesus is talking about... um, Remember, they came to him and said, I'll just read. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? 
And he will say, declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. What happens is people that gather think they're a part of the assembly. But what happens, you can have the right picture. You can have the right picture. You can even be called to that picture. But unless you assemble, there's not, there's not the place where Jesus knew you to be a part of something. He wants to know you as a part of something. They knew the right things. Didn't we prophesy? Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? He said, I never knew you. How did they know about prophecy? How did they know about healing? How did they know about casting out devils? They'd heard it. They'd been gathered, but they weren't a participant of it. Hallelujah. Because the gathering without assembly um, um, break, uh, eliminates your uh, eternal weight. Anyway, I got to say just a couple of things. I'm trying to move as fast as I can because we're going to do communion today. Did you get the rest of it? All right. Praise the Lord. The body of Christ. How important is the body of Christ to Jesus? He died for it. He died to make a way for us to assemble together. He died for all the things that would drive us apart. He died for everything that would make us disconnected. He paid a price for everything that could hinder our connection. Why? Because he knew if the body of Christ will connect, they will be a force in the earth that no devil can take out, no devil can conquer, and no devil could ever defeat. But the strength of their unity will determine their spiritual strength and stamina. Hallelujah. How many of you know, I know, how many of you know people in the body of Christ not assembled anywhere? I will honestly say in my life, I probably know more people outside local church than inside that are Christians. Hallelujah. And our spiritual power is determined by assembling together. Hallelujah. The enemy doesn't bring, have to bring destruction and devastation to the church. If you have something that comes and destroys, for instance, if you were in a car accident, the whole body of Christ would rally to your aid and assistance and where you're connected. We'd begin to pray We'd begin to tend to your family. We'd begin to do all these things, whatever we could do to help you. So that is not the strategy of the enemy to destroy the um, assembling of the church. It's not devastation and destruction, even though he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy's tactic of taking down the assembled body of Christ is deception. Most importantly, self-deception. And this is the word the Lord gave me this week. The enemy uses de deception because they will self-destruct. If the devil can deceive us, we will self-destruct. Self-destruct in what our purpose is. 
self-destructing what our calling is. And pretty soon we wake up one day and we're broken because we don't feel like we've done anything in God. We don't think like we've done anything for God. And now we're at the end of our life. We're about to face God. We have nothing to offer him that would say, I was a part of what you wanted done in the earth. What do we have to say, I was a participant in what you were doing? No, I was just doing my own thing, keeping this going, keeping this going. I was a plate spinner. Got this plate going, this plate going, this plate going, this plate going. Shouldn't you reward me, Lord, for what I did for all this? He said, what did you do for me? What did you do in light of what I needed done? Not your will, but my will. Show me what you did for my will that you did in the earth. Well, I kept my kids happy. That's your will. That's still your kids. What about me and my kids? What about these things? We have to realize that our daily life is a culmination of eternal reward. Our daily life. Every day, what are we doing that honors God? What are we doing that's going to be attached to us when we stand naked before him? What are we doing that's going to be seen on our face when we meet him face to face? It's not good intention. Were we assembled with a body of Christ to do his plan in the earth? Were we assembled with a body of Christ to do his will in the earth? Were we assembled as a body of Christ so we were greater and stronger than anything the devil could do in Redmond, Oregon? Were we rallied together to win and to fight as he could assemble us to accomplish his plan in America? Were we that or were we busy? with everyday life things? Were we busy with what we needed to do? Were we busy with this and with, with that? See, because God doesn't give birth to a body just for a body to exist. Anything on your body that's not working right is a handicap. Cap. Hallelujah. You're not handy. You're capped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we, he wants his body, Church of America, assembled together. Church at Redmond, Oregon, assembled together. Church of Word of Victory, you each make up a particular picture. Get together and move kingdoms. Get together and shake nations. Get together and change lives. And yeah, you know what? You're not all going to agree. That's why there's different colors and different positions on a puzzle. And in this puzzle, we don't put the sky in the middle of the dirt. Okay? We just don't do that. Why is that? Because it doesn't fit there. But there is a place for every piece to fit. Hallelujah. There is a place for every piece to fit. And so the idea is understanding that a pastor, apostle, prophet, they have a bigger picture. And you might feel like, I am the piece right here. Well, at least there's a whole bluebird on my piece. I've got some kind of meaning. Well, once you get with the rest of the puzzle, then the whole thing is revealed. And our strength is in our coming together. You know, I'm just going to say this. 
Um, your pastor, not Trudy, Jerry. When I say that your pastor, I'm talking about him. I'm just along for the ride as a help. Okay? Um, your pastor is up every morning before 5 a.m. And one day I asked the Lord, what is he doing? I mean, wouldn't you want to sleep? You know? And um, he's up at 5 a.m. And I asked the Lord, what's he doing? And he said to me, he's pastoring. I said, pastoring? And he said, yeah, he's filling himself with me, and he's watching over his flock. He's getting words from the Lord. Who do I need to call today? Who do I need to minister today? Who do I need to give money to today? And you can think that he doesn't notice. You know, God probably notices because that's the way God is, but the pastor doesn't notice. I can promise you this man notices. He notices each and every one of you. And some of you have even been confronted with, I haven't seen you for two weeks at church. What's the deal? And you think, stay out of my business. No, he's pastoring. He's trying to put you in your place, in your spot. Not because he's so determined to get his picture filled, but he knows if you get in your spot, you'll have identity and purpose that will thrill your life. And that's what he's doing. He's pastoring supernaturally, praying for you. Every night before we go to bed, we get quiet before the Lord and ask him, who needs a special prayer tonight that we have to hold before you? We notice you. We know you. Why is it? It's not because just because we love God, although that's a big factor. It's because we have a calling to assemble you together in your place where you're equipped and to do the work of the ministry. Because when you get to heaven, we want you to be abundantly supplied with things deserving a reward, with things that the Spirit of the Lord can look at and say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not just, well, you're done. You lived, you existed, you came, you were, you're now, come on. We want, we want us to be so impactful, so impactful that your life can shake devils the moment you wake up. Because he says, not only am I dealing with them, but I know they're assembled and connected to this whole other group of people. So if I affect your life, that prayer team is going to be on it and I'm going to lose bad. See, it's not assembly only for devastating and dark times, but it's assembly all the time. Hallelujah. I can tell you a sad story. My uncle, great uncle, passed away. And he was never affiliated with church. He didn't have many connections. And the sad thing was he was gone for days before anybody noticed. Before anybody noticed. Why? Because we don't understand the value of connection. We don't understand the value of connection. Here, we've been talking about value of connection to God. But today, we're talking about value of connection with one another. We're the body of Christ. I, by myself, am not the body of Christ. And me, floating out here, disconnected, I'm not, this is not the body of Christ. This is a piece, a part 
And it's kind of a weird looking piece. I can imagine it being all kinds of things when it's out here by itself. But when I put it in the picture, I have clarity and understanding. Ah, that's who you are. Look at those giftings you've got. Look at that ability you've got. Hey, I know someone else has got some of those same similar passions and I'm going to connect you with them. So your vision then begins to multiply as you're connected to another. But you can never get away from the fact that you have a local church. Hallelujah. A local part. Hallelujah. So in that being said, I want to go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And um, First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, it says this, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take ye, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discern, discerning the Lord's body. That word eating and drinking in an unworthy manner is irreverently or without sensitivity. And he's not talking about just unworthily and insensitive to the elements and to Christ's death, but he's talking about what happens is they're not discerning the Lord's body. Now, I know that it can have multiple meanings that the body of Christ was broken, the body of Jesus himself was broken for you so that um, to take care of all sickness and disease. And I agree with that completely. I use that script, this all the time for that. But I want you to understand, it said you're not discerning the Lord's body. The word discerning is a combination of several things. It's not knowing the value, because when you discern something, you know the value of something, you know the purpose of something, and you know the strength of something. If you are discerning of spirits, you know the value or what that spirit is, the purpose of that spirit, and you're understanding also the strength of that spirit when you're discerning of spirit. When you're discerning the Lord's body, you're understanding the value of the body, you understand the purpose of the body, and you understand the strength of the body. And he says, if you are discerning those things about the body, that there's not within you a recognition of the value, the purpose, and the strength of the body of Christ, it says you're going to, uh, it says for this reason in ver verse 30, many are weak, many are sick, and many are asleep. Not discerning the value, the purpose, and the strength of the body of Christ. Now, this is the phrase the Spirit of the Lord gave me. Hallelujah. More believers 
are weak, sick, or dead due to offense, unforgiveness, rebellion, or drawing back than any other disease has ever affected the body of Christ. And that's what it is. We didn't recognize the value of being part of the body of Jesus. We didn't recognize the strength we could have if we'd assemble as the body of Jesus. We didn't know the fullness of the purpose we have until we assemble as the body of Christ. And when we are not sensitive and not looking at it with the same kind of reverence and awe that the Spirit of the Lord Himself is, we count it as a common thing. And then what happens? Offense, unforgiveness, da 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 da, rebellion, draw. All of that comes in. And then it says, because you didn't know, you could have been in a body to hold you up. You could have been a part of something to keep you strong. You could have been in the place where they would not let you fall away. They weren't going to let you give in to seduction and deception. If you would have just discerned the value and importance of the body of Christ. It is important. We don't all look the same. I've done puzzles before where it claims no two pieces alike. It's like, oh my. But if you do them by shapes, those are great puzzles to do. Nothing is, no, no two pieces are alike. But understand, there is an importance of the body of Christ from which the head gives all instructions to. But it's the body assembled. The body stuck together. You know, and I can't say, foot today, I want you to be stung out the side of my head. No, there is an order. The Spirit of the Lord has an order. But He wants us not just to gather, assemble, church of God, be strong, be mighty, take on the forces of evil, take on the enemy, and defeat it. Don't get into deception. Don't draw back. Don't get into rebellion. Don't become offended. Don't get into unforgiveness. Stay strong, because if you'll stay assembled, the other pieces are going to help you win your battle. And they will do that. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.